Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to the Roka Report podcast. It's Gav back after the game against Gillingham. Unfortunately, we drew uh, another missed opportunity, it feels like, almost for Sunderland in a game where if we had a won, it would have really closed the gap on the teams above us. But as per usual, Sunderland have a really good week. Everything's positive, everyone's happy and flying and good transfer news coming our way and we come back down to earth with a, a, a rather disappointing result. And uh, I'm joined today by Martin Wanless. How are we doing, Martin? Hi, I'm all right, Gav. Not so bad. Yeah, are you, are you a bit more mellow now that we're recording UK time, Sunday morning, first thing, it's half seven in the morning, yeah. Uh, you've just been saying it's like Sunday Sunday night where you are in Australia. Uh, it's Sunday night here, so I've, um, I, I was absolutely furious after the game. and it, my, my usual routine for a game is to have a couple of hours kip, put my alarm on, get up, watch the game. And obviously, depending on how the score's gone, how the game's gone, um, dictates how quickly I get back to sleep. And last night, I was lying there absolutely furious like I, I was really pissed <laughs> off with um, with how things had gone but I've you know time is a time is a great healer as I, say. I just got pissed to forget about it like and I didn't expect <laughs> to be doing this podcast but yeah we are so I've had to just put myself through watching the highlights again and remembering how bad uh, some of the defending was so I, th- I guess we'll get straight mm. into it Sunderland started the game I would say pretty poorly but we, we went ahead Aidan McGeady got a goal out of nothing, and that's what he's good at, really. You know, he picked the ball up, and if, if defenders let him flick onto his right foot, he will shoot. And I know it took a massive deflection over the keeper, but you don't shoot, you don't score, and that's been a, a massive problem, I would say, in recent weeks with Sunderland, where we're kind of relying solely on Charlie White. I think it was Ant who brought this up on the player rating show after the midweek game. So it was nice to see somebody having a go. But then after that, Sunderland just done what we, we always do, and we sat off let Gillingham get back into the game and when they did score I don't think anybody was surprised uh, it was that a lovely was goal like, wasn't it? yeah it was a lovely goal that took a deflection and but another a bit like ours but it was, it was still a nice goal and it had been coming so then we went in towards the break I thought well we're gonna be, it's going to be ones each and then out of nothing we get a penalty another McGeady run uh, it was a blatant penalty he was you know, brought down in the box Grant led a bit of steps up to take it, which was interesting because I think uh, McGeady took the last one, didn't he? So they must just be sharing those out. Well, they had a chat about it, didn't they? And I think yeah. um, if, if it hadn't been somebody of the seniority of, of Grant, I think um, McGeady would have, would have had the ball, wouldn't he? But yeah. um, I think Grant Grant won out on that occasion. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting if he takes the next one because he did miss it, although it was a great save by the goalkeeper. I mean, dove down to, the, to his right-hand side. Great save. I feel like it might have crossed the line anyways, but he did sort of palm it up in the air and led a bit of good following in, nodded it in to make it 2-1 to us. And I 
be honest, I didn't think we deserved to be 2-1 ahead going into half-time, but you no. can't whinge. Came back out after, and we just didn't put our stamp on the game. I thought our attack was blunt, and Gillingham got what they deserved in the end, and some more bad defending from us, and we will get into that in more detail. But yeah, they, they got their, their equaliser with a minute to go, and we were all just sat there fuming, because once again, we've thrown away two points. I was quickly th- flicking through Matty's Talking Points article on the website there this morning, um, and he says that we've dropped 11 points from winning positions already this season. I mean, you look at the League One table now, we are sixth, and like I say, we'll discuss this a bit more detail, but we're in, we're in sixth place. We're actually eight points off Hull, who we have a game in hand on, and it just makes you think. Like dropping so many points is is. I hope it doesn't cost us, but well, it's 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 been criminal how many points we've bloody dropped, haven't we? Yeah, and I think um, like the only thing I would disagree with you on on your your um, summation of the game there. I actually thought we started all right. I thought we kind of started on the front foot, and we we looked to take the game to to Gillingham. But you know how quickly was McGee's goal? It was about six minutes or seven minutes, yeah. wasn't it? It was pretty early. Yeah, pretty early on, and after that, you know whether it's a mental thing or whether. Gillingham really up their game or whatever. We we just sat back and we couldn't get the ball off them, could we? We just pinned in. Anyway, the launching missiles from 50, 60, 70 yards out, aren't they? We were under, under a fair bit of fire. And yeah. we just couldn't deal with it. We just, we just crumbled. Gillingham are a funny team. Every time we play them, we seem to just drop to their level. It's a, I don't know whether it's... And this is a Steve Evans thing. This is just what happens when you play his teams. He's, he's very good at bringing whoever he's playing down to his level. And that's... I don't mean that to be too disrespectful, but Gillingham are a very very basic team with very basic players, but they work hard. They know what they're good at. I mean, that last goal just shows what they're all about, I guess. You know, the ball goes up the deck, it? and it's proper target man play, proper proper forward play, knocks it to the side, and um, McFadzian's absolutely nowhere to be seen. He gets dragged dragged in and sucked in, and that's that really. You know, it's a good finish, to be fair, but had our you know, defenders stayed switch on, there was there was a lot of discussion on on Twitter and about the style of play that Gillingham have, and you know it, it is rudimentary for for want of a better word, isn't it? It's mm. it's long ball, it's you know challenging, it's getting the elbows in and getting tackles in, and you know not giving our defence or the opposition's defence uh, a bit of time to to settle. But like we're going to have to face those sorts of teams, mm. and we we've got to be able to stand up and face that challenge. And to be fair, Gav, I think like they they have got some good players. They they just play in a very effective system, and you, mm. you can like the system, like the style, or, or not like it. But like I think Jordan Graham looked great yesterday. Yeah, he's got a nice touch he, you know he bring he's he's got a nice touch he's got good awareness he's he's willing to get on the ball and run at people and all that sort of stuff what's the lads is slattery who, who played in in the midfield i thought he he looked decent for them so the, i think they've got some decent players i think it, they're not a, a bad team of of cloggers they just play in a very effective style which isn't isn't necessarily necessarily pleasant on the eye but it's um well, it's effective, but yeah well they they they're mid table aren't they they're, they're sitting in the middle of the table they've won 10 games this season um they don't draw many drawn, actually i think no, that's right. You know, they either they either tend to win or lose. Mm. And to be fair, we we should have got a third goal, regardless of how poorly we would perform. We should have got a third goal. We had plenty of chances to to do so, and we could have put the game to bed, couldn't we? Yeah. But like that last goal, as you say, like Flanagan goes up to challenge the um the striker, so he he gets sucked ten yards out. McFadden sort of comes across and is caught in a bit of no man's land to try to cover him, and all of a sudden you've got a couple of players three mm. on the right hand side, and what it was it. I thought he missed it, actually. I thought he just, well, he just too high, but he, he put it nicely into the roof of the net, didn't he? Yeah. We'll go into the, the game in a little bit more detail, but we'll quickly flip over to the three-word review, which we threw out on Twitter. Uh, there were over 200 replies, I think, which 
which just shows how <laughs> pissed off people probably were. We're still getting them this morning. I was just checked there. We're 600 word review there. Yeah, maybe we need to give people more words. Eh? Light Infantry <laughs> says feckin' letdown. Uh, SEFC North Yorkshire, big fan of the pod. He says same as usual. Neil Greaves, better players needed, uh, which we'll come on to. Uh, JP says improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> Our Paul, ever the contrarian, he says uh, three games unbeaten. Um, so it's not all <laughs> negative, I suppose. Cameron Johnson, another big fan of the pod. He says Evans outmaneuvered Sunderland. Uh, Hazy, God, we're shit. <laughs> Tom Scott says Burgess shit. Uh, Dunny, which is probably the most apt of the ones read so far. Inevitable, predictable, fuming. Uh, Rob <laughs> says another poor result. JC95 says ref strikes again. Well, we did get a penalty off him. George Anderson says scowing well underrated. Uh, John Guy says blunt, bullied, and basic. Uh, lots of lots of hate for Lee Burge. Yeah, Jeff Ram says another opportunity wasted. Uh, Phil King home forms worrying. Dan says bullied all game. Bomber, our bomber, he says McFadzian ball watcher. <laughs> and Ryan, who was at Lord Pidge, will end on his. He says piss poor today. Yeah, pe- people are all just along as per usual on the money there. I think um the the most common theme being that we got bullied, and that's sort of what I touched on on there, Martin. Like. Gillingham are a functional team who have, since we dropped into this league, we haven't took many points off them, especially since Steve Evans became the manager. And you would think, wouldn't you, after three seasons at this level, we'd be more streetwise than we are. And we still let teams just bully us. And I don't know whether this is something, it's something you could maybe throw back to the recruitment, but we've never really seemed to sign players who are built to to out-battle and out-fight teams. Like, even you go from the right from the back to the front of our team yesterday, you wouldn't say we were, like, a, a, a team who, like, throws itself about when it needs to and puts a foot in when it needs to. Regardless of who we play, we seem to put the same sort of team out, don't we? Like, a, like as a, oh, well, we'll outplay you. You know, we've got Ian McGeady on the pitch. We'll put, we've got a winger and Jack Diamond on the pitch. Sometimes you've got to look at the opposition and go, it ain't going to be that kind of game today. We need to maybe pick the team to try and um and counter what they're gonna do and I don't think we've ever really done that with Gillingham and although yes we did nearly win the game you couldn't have sat there had we won the game and said we deserve to win it I don't think no that's right I think um I think Bailey Wright was a huge miss and he's one of those players who can put the foot in and really sort of lead by example and I think you know if Bailey Wright's on the field that um, second goal doesn't get scored Mm. And you know we have while we've got good strength and depth, and you know we've got players coming back from injury and, and this that and the other. We haven't got that type of player, have we? We haven't no. got a, a boatload of players who we can bring in who can get this, you know, get the foot in, get stuck in, and really play that physical hard game as opposed to trying to out football people. I think there's a there's a ton of bits in there. Like I think you know the the, the team selection was wrong. I was pretty surprised when I saw the, the team lineup. Mm. Um, I think in Johnson's post-match interview, he said Sanderson had a bit of a, a groin injury, which is why he wasn't um, selected and Flanagan came straight back in, which you can kind of understand that. But we essentially played 4-4-2 yesterday, didn't we? You know, Diamond yeah. and McGeady were, were on the wings. I, I just don't think Ledbetter has got the, the legs to play in a two-man midfield, especially when it's going to be a scrappy game, especially when you, you need those two central midfielders to come back in front of the back four to win headers and defend. And yeah. even like when Sanderson came on for Ledbetter, I was like, oh, that's a good move, that, because put Sanderson just in, in Ledbetter's position in front of the back four and you've got another player to head the ball away. 
because you could tell we were just going to get bombarded mm. for the last few minutes. And instead, we, we shuffled around. Power came in midfield. Sanderson went out to right back. And we, we didn't have that extra aerial presence in, in that um, central area of the pitch, you know. Mm. And I just think, you know, one of those three-word reviews there said, um, in, you know, about another home defeat. And I think, what, is that Johnson's sixth game at home? And we've won one, drawn three and lost two. Yeah. And it's that's pathetic in terms of any team wanting to do anything. Yeah. Never mind get promotion. I would point out we didn't lose. <laughs> it wasn't a home defeat. Oh, well, you know, it felt, yeah. it felt like... It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I do get what you mean. Like, we, the, the home form is just a mystery to me. I just don't understand it. The, I actually think, and I've probably done this myself, I think the lazy excuse to make is that teams come here and treat it like, treat it like a cup final. I don't think Gillingham treat it like a cup final. They just came, no. played in a way that suits them, and they went with a point. I don't. I just think. I think when we sit here and we say, "Well, teams come to Sunderland and treat it like a cup final," we're, we're giving them too many excuses. If you want to get promoted out of this league, you cannot drop the amount of points that we do at home. It's it's actually pathetic. And come the end of the season, when we're not in the top two and we won't be playing like this, this will be why the away form is promotion form. It's good. The home form is just a mystery. The, the players really have to look well, at themselves, you know. They've got, they've got. Even though the pitch is not great at the minute, it's still better than a lot of pitches in this league. It's big, it's wide, you know. Use it to your advantage. Why, why are we, why are we getting sucked down to the level of teams like Gillingham? It really, it's frustrating me for three years. Like Sunderland, just well, we don't deserve to go up if we're gonna, if we're gonna just make the same rudimentary mistakes constantly. And you could say, and we will, we'll probably come on to it. But McFadden for their, for their last goal is in no man's land. Like you just said etc etc but the game should be killed off by that point and Matty pointed Absolutely. this out Matty pointed this out in his talking points bit we, we don't kill teams off the, I'll, I'll just bring it up quickly because there was a stat in there that he mentioned about the amount of goals we've scored so he, he said this season for example the Black Cats have scored 32 league goals the lowest in the top six Sunderland are just not clinical or ruthless enough he's absolutely spot on with Aidan McGeady aside yesterday we wouldn't have scored a goal because he you know he takes that shot and we get a goal out of nothing he wins us a penalty Charlie, I hate, I don't want to bring him up too much, but I'm going to have to. Charlie Wyke, some of his hold up play in the first half was decent, but like he goes missing and I hate it. I hate like how how can you play so well one game and just disappear the next? That and the lack of quality in central midfield will be our undoing come the end of the season because I think defensively we're actually okay, but it just feels like every game we're, we're, we're whinging about the same things. Well, midfielders don't dominate and when they don't dominate, you're then luckily a centre forwards to try and win you the game and he's like a one in three striker in terms of performance. Like, what we've well, got to hope he's is... He's a league one striker, isn't he? Yeah. That's the thing. We've got, we've got to hope that these new players coming in are just going to hit the ground running because that, that's well, going to be yeah. the difference, isn't it? I think if you, if you look at the game yesterday, I think um, that was, to me, that was by far McGeady's best game since he's come back into the team. I thought he yeah. looked really at it. He thought, I thought he went at people. He, you know, he did what he does well. You know, and he even, even found himself on a few occasions in that left-back position because McFadden had gone walkabout. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's a big problem, which hopefully the, the lad from Southampton, Vulcans will, will eventually um, rectify if, if Hume's not back. Because Would you have started him yesterday? I would have. Yeah, I would have as yeah. well. I was surprised to see him on the bench. Well, it was funny because in, in Johnson's post-match interview, the, the lad asked him about Vaughan's and Johnson basically laughed at him and said he was lucky to have been on the bench given that he'd just arrived, which to me is a really strange way of approaching it. You know, he's been playing first-team football yeah. in, in the last couple of weeks. 
He's been brought in. We've got a problem in that position. And to me, you know, he's, he's shown on one hand, you know, when he brought McGeady back into the team and put him in the first, um, exactly, his first yeah. starting lineup, he's willing to just chuck people in and mm-hmm. put them in. So to me, he, he should have been straight in there because it's not as if we've had um, a, a really good, steady, consistent player playing there. That left-hand side's been a, a problem for us. So I thought, you know, absolutely I would have started him. I think where Jones comes into us is going to be interesting over the next few few games as well. Particularly since McGeady had a good game and they play the same position. Well, he did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, McGeady's, what, 34. He's not going to be able to play week in, um, week out with midweeks and Saturdays, is he? So we're going to have to have some strength there. Yeah. And again, sort of talking about Johnson's post-match interview, he, he made a, a comment which I... I hadn't really picked up on during the game, but I think he's probably right in terms of, like, down our left-hand side, from an attacking perspective, we were putting some good balls into the box and we, we had a threat. Down the right-hand side, no matter who who got into the positions down the right-hand side, we didn't put decent balls in. Yeah. And Jack, I think that, Jack that Diamond a, had a bit of an off day, didn't he? Down he the side, yeah. It, but again, you, like with, with a young player like that, you're going to get it, aren't you? Mm. You're going to have some days where he's looking great and some days where he's... He's not on, on the ball, and that's what comes with a, a young player is getting experience and getting getting used to playing first-team football. What's the answer to, because we've just been talking about there, the, the amount of games we draw, What what's the answer in your view? Then Are we just literally hoping these players that we're brought in are going to be the difference? Because I'm a little bit worried that tactically we're just, we're maybe not giving ourselves the best chance in some, some games. Like you just took, We were basically playing 4-4-2 yesterday, and we got out-battled, and that, that's us not being clever enough in my view. But the, all of this comes from a lack of a, a really top striker, for, for a League One top striker. And you can give Charlie Whiteers credit for getting the amount of goals he's got this season. I think he does deserve credit for the amount of goals he's scored. And, you know, just going off on a slight tangent, you know, the, the lack of goals around the team. I think before yesterday, the second top scorer from open play has had two goals. And I think McGeady's probably equaled that. Yeah. Now I think Bailey Wright had two. I think McGeady's got two from open play now. Or maybe Ledbetter, because does that count as open play, Ledbetter's goal? Well, we'll do what it has. <laughs> yeah, so Led... yeah, so maybe Ledbetter, yeah. So, you know, the, the other players who look as if they've scored, you know, four, five, six goals, Maguire's got two or three pens, Ledbetter's got some pens. There's a serious lack of goals from anywhere else in the team from open play. So you've got that problem that Charlie Wyke's the only player who we've got who will score from open play. Playing Charlie Wyke means that you've got to give him some support because he can't play very well with his back to goal. And things break down. If he's a lone man up front, he can't hold the ball up very on a consistent level. He, you know, as you said yesterday, he did it a couple of times, which can go, well, fair enough. That's what he should be doing on a regular basis. To get the best out of Charlie Wyke, to me, he needs to be played up in the two where he's on the last man and you're looking to play balls into his feet in the box to get, get a goal. As we've seen over the last few weeks, he's put O'Brien up there, which I think's helped Charlie Wyke. And I think O'Brien's probably got some unfair criticism in terms of the, the role he's been doing. Mm. But if you play O'Brien up there, that leaves somebody out of the, the centre midfield and gives you two in the centre midfield. We haven't got two, in my mind, we haven't got two players who can play as a two really effectively in the centre midfield. Mm. So you kind of got this weird dilemma where you want to get the best out of Wyke, we need to be pushing somebody else up front, but that's going to hinder us in a progressive attacking play because we haven't got the players in midfield to then you know move up with the ball. Mm. And you know whether whether the answer is like Lyndon Gooch playing in that what Lee, Lee Johnson called it like a half nine nine and a half or something wasn't it? Yeah, nine and a half role or whatever is his latest um, managerial <laughs> textbook. But you know whether whether that's kind of an option where. Gucci's energy kind of allows him to come back into midfield when we haven't got the ball and get up front quickly when we have got the ball. 
and carry it because he does carry it well. But to me, like this only gets rectified when we sign a striker. Well, I'm just looking at the team yesterday in the bench. The one thing he does have is options, doesn't he? Because you've just said Gooch there, who's coming back to fitness. I think if Lyndon Gooch is fit, he has to be starting games because he does score goals. He gets involved in the goals. Luke O'Nine's an interesting one because as a manager who seems to love using data and Luke O'Nine's data is going to be very good. But it's interesting because Luke O'Nine's data as a right back is very good. We don't know yeah. much about him as a midfield player, but he's been bringing him on midfield, which tells me that he's going to play there. So you've got Gooch, you've got and Sanderson, who, like you said, came on later in the game, is another option. Somebody who championship teams have been looking at, obviously. So I, I do think that we have to find a place from I've talked about this before. Embleton is another one who's probably going to be in and out of the team, but he's an option. Winchester, who we've signed, and that's maybe a wider discussion. Oh, are our central midfield players good enough? I mean, we've signed a lad there, but if he's not playing them, you know, when he's starting games, he's coming off at half time. So we've got that dilemma. Like, does is he going to improve the team? Vulcan's obviously he will come in at left back and play until Hume's back. At least he has to. And then you've obviously got the impending signing of a striker. Hopefully, so we do have options. That's the thing. We, we've you look at that team yesterday. I'm thinking about the players that would come in. McFadden straight out. Flanagan, if Bailey Wright's fit, and he will be back next weekend, then Flanagan has to, for me, come out of the team um, because Wright's just a better player. You you have the option of Winchester, but I, th- I just think Johnson likes Ledbetter and Scowan in there. And then your wide players, you've got Gooch, you've got Jordan Jones to come in, and then obviously Ross Stewart to play, I'm, I'm thinking, in that O'Brien role because everything I've read about Ross Stewart tells us that he's, he's a bit more of a workhorse off the ball is that what we need? Maybe. Um, well, you, kind of, you think we'd need somebody to, to come and, you know, as, as I said with, with Gooch, whether you can kind of come and play that role sort of 10, 20, 25 yards off the main striker and get stuck in and do that sort of donkey work yeah, and then get up quickly to support Wyke because, you know, what what we're doing now, where, you know, and whether whether we were playing four four two, whether we're playing, what was it, four two 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 with two narrow midfielders ahead of two other midfielders it's just not working is it and i, I just think mm. it, we're not getting the like the bodies in that central midfield area to dominate the ball to dictate play and that's where we to my mind that's where we're, we're sort of falling down you know yeah would you are you are you confident that these signings are going to improve the team enough to give us that extra what 10 15% we maybe need in games because I, I think we i think as a squad i've just reeled off a load of players there any team in this league would love to have. I'm I'm talking about dropping Aidan O'Brien out of the team, who's a Republic of Ireland international striker, who's actually played well recently. You've got Jack Diamond. I think any team in this league would love Jack Diamond in the squad. The option of Winchester or Ledbetter. Ledbetter, you could say, is probably the maybe the classiest midfielder in this league in terms of you know ability on the ball. Again, teams would love him. Tom Flanagan, who's a a Northern Ireland international, I'm saying he he maybe drop out of the team. You know we have so many options, but it's what's the best blend, isn't it? It's like you, well, you know, I'm looking at their team. They they put five in midfield yesterday, so we went with a two against really three central midfield players. And you said, yeah. like you said, Slattery played well, Dempsey played well. The number ten had a canny game. Are we are we like Ledbetter might be the classiest player in the league in midfield, but. It doesn't count for much when you when you're throwing them in against three lads who are fitter and younger than them. It, you know they're just going to outrun them, aren't they? That's it, and I think you know that that brings a wider discussion into into how we kind of feel Lee Johnson's done so far. And I think you know there's been some good 
bits to what he's is introduced in terms of the the player that we're seeing and you know some of the attacking intent. But um, I don't think anybody could say that we've had a dramatic upturn in in results mm. um, since he's he's taken over or what we'd have expected to have achieved under Parkinson. And I like, don't get us wrong at all. I think the the decision to get rid of Parkinson was was right. I think um, we would never have built anything um, sustainable or long term with Parkinson here. But you know, maybe Johnson's changed things too quickly, or you know, maybe the players are getting used to what he's trying to do, or or whatever, or maybe he doesn't have the players to play the, the way he wants, which I think is a is a distinct possibility as well. But hmm. it's just not clicking, is it? It's just not. It hasn't clicked anywhere on on the field. Like our, our defense looks a bit worse than it did previously, hmm. and we might be getting more shots on on goal and all that sort of stuff. We, we don't actually look that much more of a goal threat, do we? No, no. Let's like, say yesterday was a bit of an anomaly in, in that McGee had a good game. You know, both goals came from him. Other than if you look back over the last four or five games, like you said before, we're, we're basically just relying on White to score goals. And if he's not playing well, then it sort of blunts us, doesn't it, up front? And um, it does. Yeah, we, we we've just got to try and we've got to. Th- this is such a cliche, but we've just got to try and put this one in the back of our minds. We've got two games in a week against MK Dons and. We just have to try and get two results there, although one of them's in a in an AFL competition. But we'll move on. We'll do we'll do a little preview of the game in a bit. Just quickly looking at the table, that did move us up to sixth, so we're in the playoff spots. That's now our our place to lose. If you look around us in the table, the team directly below us, we've got a game in hand over Charlton, who are on the same points. We're above them on goal difference. And then you look up the league. Hull, who are top, have played one more than us. Lincoln and Peterborough, sorry, they've both played twenty four, the same as us. So. We're sort of in the mix now. We have to sort of try and one-up those teams. It would be nice to be able to play some of those teams soon, but I don't think off the top of your head we've got a game coming up against any of them. I think we've got Doncaster at home in a, in a week or two's time, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Doncaster, who are flying, it's mad when you look at it. They, they've played 22. Mm. So they're, they're only three points behind Hull, but they've, they've played three mm. less games. They've just sold like three of their best players and they're still picking up results. They've won the last four games. It's it's just a weird season, isn't it? Obviously, for yeah. for reasons that we we all know. But you've got such a, a difference in some of the games that have, have been played by teams, which which obviously can give a a false um, league position for some of them. Mm. But the, the fact that we are even in contention yeah. of anything yeah. this yeah. season is just mental, isn't it? Because we've been so you know I, th- I think we've we've done all right on in, in on some occasions, but we've been so inconsistent, and you know we're still we're we're sitting here at the very end of January, and we haven't clicked at all yet this season, bar mm. probably that um, that Lincoln game. Um, so it's a, it's just a weird season, isn't it? And yeah. Well, we're just when you think though, we're just over halfway through the season. We've played twenty four games out of 46, 46 games, isn't it? So we've got twenty two games left to play. We're eight points off the two teams occupying the the top two spots, and that, and that, that that's something else, isn't it? Jordan Jones in his interview when he signed said. When he spoke to Lee Johnson, the aim was to win the league. So I thought it was brilliant that man. It's interesting that we we still think we're in with a shout. We we're just we're then hoping for everyone above us to start dropping points, and we have to go into now championship form. Basically, we have to just like we did under Roy Keane, go on like big runs of games. Yeah, we where do. we win, 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 win. And that's that's what you'd hope, wasn't it? With a with, you know with a couple of additional signings this, this window, in, in, you know, to complement what we we've already done, to be able to go on on a good run is absolutely essential if we've got any ambition of going up, isn't it? We've got all those teams to play that. Above us, and you know, if, if we go to Hull and take three points off them, and we've got Lincoln at home 
home to play in Doncaster at home. Mm. It's it's certainly not unachievable. Yeah. Um. You know, we could we could actually do it, which would be an astoundingly good run from from where we are. As I say, it would be keen esque, wouldn't it? But. You know, we've we've been in worse positions. I think you've just hit the nail on the head there when you said, you know, it's amazing that we're even in a position where we can still do this. Whatever you think about Sunderland so far this season, it's difficult looking at that. We've drawn 10 games, which is, if you look in the top half of the table, nobody's drawn that many games. So that that's the difference, really. We You know, we've dropped that many points from winning positions. But we're now in a position where, before this game at the weekend, everybody was very optimistic about the, the transfer business we've done. You could say that left-back has cost us quite a few goals in recent weeks. So he has the hope that Vulcans can, can shore us up there. But not just shore us up, but become another sort of weapon in our arsenal. I, mean, in that, the, 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 I don't know a lot about the lad, but the Southampton fans that I've spoken to have all said he's very good going forward. That gives us confidence because it means that you know, we can sort of pin teams back. And when yeah. Denver Hume was fit, we would that's what we were doing because Hume is good at hugging the line and getting forward. So um, it means we can sort of stop worrying about how bad our left-back is. Then you've got Jordan Jones who can play on either side. He's right-footed, although I know he plays the same position as McGeady. They they can sort of swap with each other and play either side. Um, he's very two-footed, he's quick, which the, the, that's the main thing. I mean, Vokens as well, him and Jones, they're both very quick players. Jones yeah. is rapid. I've, I mean, I, I watched quite a bit of Glasgow Rangers, and he hasn't played this season a lot. But when I have watched him for Rangers, you know, he, he was a standout player at times in a team playing in Europe, and you know, he's got international experience for Northern Ireland. He's just at a crossroads in his career where he has to sort of start again, and uh, he didn't, you know, it hasn't ended very well from at Rangers, and he's fell out with the the manager a bit, I think. But in terms of ability, those two players should give us a lot more. So I'm hoping that with the addition of a new striker. And this is the this is the thing, is the striker going to be good enough? I mean, his goal return in Scotland this season has been poor, but I'm reassured by the Ross County fan, which I spoke to, and if people listening want to want to read that, it's up on the website. It went up on Thursday or Friday this last week. I did an interview with a Ross County fan about him, just to try and find out more what, about what he was like, and he basically said he's the best player, you know, kind of been played out of position this season. That's why his goal return's not as good. So let's just hope these three lads can come in, uh, Martin, and just and give us that give us that boost we need. You know, you hope with Ross Stewart that you know I, I know it's only early days with with the new recruitment process and all that sort of stuff, but you hope that he's been identified, you know, through some some stats or some some data that yeah. he's got the right attributes to effectively you know and positively influence the the style of play that Johnson's trying to to implement so mm. because it seems quite it seems quite a random one and you know if you just look at his, his goal return it it's not as if you you sign somebody who's who's you know scored 40 goals in 35 games in Scotland and it, you know, he's flying but it kind of gives you a, it's it's quite intriguing really isn't it it gives you a little yeah. bit of confidence that that he could be brought in to do a specific role for a, a specific reason yeah. i think the other two are just um you know while you know they're both evidently good players and have good track records at the respective clubs they've both got pace which again is a massive attribute that we have not got in in any sort of great deal of abundance haven't we so mm. you can see what johnson's trying to do with, with those two signings and then hopefully hopefully ross stewart adds something that we we don't have and whether that's to compliment wyke or you know to link up with somebody else or to be a somebody off the bench we'll, we'll have to wait and see won't we but it's um yeah. it's positive that all three of those signings even the left back have the potential to to really affect us positively going forward and um, yeah. because as we've discussed that's what we need 
Yeah, the, the, the team sort of, well, say squad selection yesterday was interesting in that there was no Chris Maguire. Um, and uh, Sorry, actually, before I get on that, I'll just point out that Ross Stewart hasn't actually signed for us yet, but we're kind of expecting that to happen. The the Sunday Deco reported, I think, that we'd had a bit accepted, so hopefully that's a formality. But yeah, sorry, yes, the team yesterday, Chris Maguire wasn't on the bench, which raised a few eyebrows. We've had a few, there's been a few murmurings about Maguire maybe leaving. I've had a few messages on Twitter from people sort of asking, and have you heard anything about Maguire leaving? It's a possibility, isn't it? We could see him go because he hasn't played a lot since Johnson came in. No. And he, he needs, and to, he, he needs to be playing football. He's that type of player. And whether it's a case of Johnson doesn't fancy him, there's been a you know some sort of clash behind the scenes or or whatever, or Johnson just doesn't think he'd fit into his formation. But as we've seen over the past few seasons, Chris Maguire is a, a very influential player for us, isn't he? On, on his mm. day, he's a brilliant player at this level. And you kind of look in, in Johnson's formation that he's playing with that when he brings those attacking midfield players either wide or brings them in a bit, Maguire can comfortably do both of, of those roles. So on the surface of it, it kind of seems a little bit strange to, to ostracise him, I guess, to a to an extent, the way the way he has been, um, he's been left out. But you've got the salary cap to consider, and while Maguire won't necessarily be on the wages that we, we brought down with us from the championship, the likes of um, Oviedo and Catamol, etc., were on. He, he was signed at, you know, in that first wave of, that first optimistic wave under Stuart Donald, wasn't he? So yeah. you know, who, who knows what his contract's like? I, I guess it's it's probably above the average. Um, he got a new deal though, didn't he, I think? I think he, I think he got did a, he get a new deal. I did get. I don't, well, I don't. I'm just thinking. We, yeah, I think it was an extension because I don't think I don't think we would have given him a three year deal on the back of his time at Bury. So I'm, I'm people yeah. can probably you know tweet us and let us know, but I'm pretty sure he signed a, an extension or something. So he probably even increased his. He probably came in on a sort of meag. I would say meag, but a decent salary for this level, and then proved himself because he was a top player for us that first season, mm. and probably got himself you know a bit of a bump in pay. And like you say, the, the salary cap thing is really important. You, you, you know, you've got to look at your squad now, and, and he's obviously identified that the attack needs pace. So he's brought in Jones. He's made Diamond a key player now. Diamond's most definitely above Maguire in the pecking order. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, pace is clearly a, a big thing for, for Johnson and the way he wants to play. Maguire hasn't got any pace. Um, on top of that, like you say, what money's he on? Is this you know, a chance to get someone off the wage bill and sort of balance the books a bit. And then you've got to add in that Maguire want, will want to play football. You know, there's plenty of teams out there who would take him, particularly north of the border. I imagine there's going to be clubs who would, and even if they're just subsidising part of his wages to take him, I would be, you know, for the for the, for the the best for both parties, really, we get rid of a player maybe who's a bit disgruntled about not playing, is, is you know, experienced, a bit of an influence in the dressing room because he's been there that long. And for him, he gets to go somewhere, play football again for the second half of the season and, you know, try and try and maybe earn himself, because he's out of contract in the summer as well, isn't he? Try and maybe earn himself Aye. a deal somewhere. It would be a sad to see him go, wouldn't it? But it's like... But I think the, the other thing with, with Maguire, which... Um... I can't. I I just think the importance of this can't be underestimated. Like he is so clearly a player who loves playing in front of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it it motivates him. It inspires him. He gets up for it. You know, I remember a couple of games last season with was either Lincoln at home or or Wickham at home, where you know the crowd were really behind him and you know the whole team, but him him as well. And he was chasing things down, and we got a goal or two from his hard work off the ball. And 
um, his performances this season have been pretty poor compared to what we have seen over the past couple of years, haven't we? And, mm. you know, it's really clear to me that him feeling wanted by the manager, I think, is obviously a, a thing for him as well. But um, feeling you know as if he's an important player in the squad, but having that crowd behind him, he, he's one of those who just buzzes off it. Yeah. When he came in from from Berry, you know, Berry had got relegated from League One, hadn't he? And he he's despised among Berry fans for his his attitude and performances he's put in and you know to come from that to put in the levels of performances that we have seen on a you know albeit inconsistent but a, a pretty a pretty good level um it's been sort of waves of performances what well, hasn't it rather than sort of one one good game one bad game mm. it's, you can't really put your finger on it because if he was if he was playing consistently to the levels he can he'd have played, you know he'd have had a, a long career in the championship wouldn't he yeah exactly the other the other outgoings and i think racking my brains i can only really think of greg Griggs got to be leaving, hasn't he? He's, but we're kind of just holding him back until we definitely sign somebody. It was interesting. I think it was pretty much confirmed that he was going to Shrewsbury, and then a couple of managers came out, didn't there, and sort of publicly acknowledged that they were interested in him. So I think he's he's going to have a number of suit as the the thing for Sunderland is, you know, and I know Oxford was one of those teams who are a team yeah. who are going to be in around the playoffs. Do you really want to give a player to a person a, a team that you you're competing with? I mean, I'd be more comfortable with them going to Shrewsbury. So, um, or, or Salford, <laughs> or, or yeah, or just get him out of the league. Yeah, to be. You've, and you've got to consider the player as well. He he needs to go somewhere where he's going to play regularly. Oxford actually have a couple of decent strikers. Um, I think Shrewsbury have just sold Jason Cummins, so they've got a spot yeah. open for a striker. But any, regardless, Grigg needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. I don't think other than him. At this point with Grigg, I don't think we can be too fussy with where he goes to. to be perfectly yeah, honest, yeah. because I, I, he, he, we need him off the off the wage bill. We need to get any sort of fee we can, which is going to be pretty hard in in the current climate, isn't it? Yeah. We're obviously going to take a massive hit on him. Mm-hmm. Um, how how big that hit is depends. And, you know, I don't think it's going to make a great deal of difference what he does between now and in the summer. To be honest, you know, we might get four hundred grand rather than a hundred grand, and we'll still be left paying a, a sizable portion of his wages. You imagine as well. But you know, I think um, as the the supermarket says, every little helps. And <laughs> we can if we can get Grig out and get somebody giving us something for him, um, it's time to cut our losses, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think other than Grigg, there's probably going to be any major departures, is there? Danny Graham, maybe. Yeah, but again, who's going to take him? We might just have to pay him off. Pay him off? Yeah, yeah. Like he, be... he wasn't on the bench either yesterday, was he? I totally forgot that, yeah. So there's an... The... It depends on what you want to read into it. But I just don't... I imagine we've probably, you know, hawked them about a bit. Um, but who really is going to be looking at Danny Graham and thinking, well, he, he would be a good option for the last bit of the season. I think that, you know, people are probably... <laughs> Looking at him and thinking, is he finished? You know, um, there might be, there might be a maybe le- if Phil Parkinson gets a job tomorrow, <laughs> we can sort of like force him on him. <laughs> Who signed him? Have him? Yeah, I, might I, be part of his exit clause. Yeah, yeah. that's your payoff, Phil. T- take all Danny of this Graham, is on condition that you take Danny Graham to the next place you go to. Thank <laughs> you. But I think otherwise, we, you know, the the squad shaping up well for the for the end of the window, and it, do you know what's nice as well? It's nice. I mean, we're recording this on the 31st, so tomorrow is deadline day. It's nice to be going into deadline day and talking more about who's going to leave rather than sitting panicking about signing players. We've, I think we've been very yeah. clever with our business in this window. I think Winchester was signed pretty early on. From the stuff I've read about Vulcans, it, appeared, it sounds like we sounded out 
the signing of Hawkins right bang at the start of the window and it's actually just been Southampton who have held on to him because they didn't want to to risk maybe an injury to Ryan Bertrand and he would have had to play more so we've been clever in that sense and uh, going off Jordan Jones's interview I think he mentioned didn't he that he'd been talking to a number of championship clubs and Sunderland yeah. sort of came in 48 hours or so before he signed for us he spoke to Lee Johnson and just decided there and then I want to sign for Sunderland so really with Jones as well and you've got to say fair play to him he's obviously not wanted to drag this out and sort of wait around for you know his agent might have turned around to him and said hang on till deadline day because as more clubs get desperate more we're going to need players you, you could get yourself a good championship move he's actually just you know decided having spoke to, to Lee Johnson now nah, I want to go to Sunderland so he's done us a massive favour there because can you imagine if that went down the last day we might not have actually got him we might have ended up having well, to go yeah, for, I a, think... for a fourth or fifth choice you know the the other thing with Jones is that he's um he's northeast well North Yorkshire lad isn't he? I was gonna say Borough's not in the northeast. Don't be daft. <laughs> <laughs> but he said in his interview, you know, he, he is a bit of a homebody. He likes to come back home to be with his friends and family, and he's he's down back down here often. So like that, that's mm-hmm. obviously another pull for him. And you know, if if he hasn't got a future at, at Rangers, which you know you probably know better than than me, Gav, his like, his, his long term prospects there. But you know, if we can mount a good challenge for promotion it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we make that permanent deal in the summer yeah you know if, if everything kind of lines up correctly so i think the circumstances have sort of worked in our favor with this one because he's not a league one player <laughs> he's not a league one player at all yeah. but like you say i think just the the pull of coming back to the northeast sort of works for him and he's going to play regularly between now and and, and you know we don't go up then you know he's going to have options he's, he is I think that's the, the particularly with Vorkins and Jones I don't think these are League One players that we've signed yeah. that's hopefully the boost we'll get is that we're getting players who are above the level we're playing at and you're going to see their quality shine through um, Jordan Jones I mean he's the type of player we've needed for as long as I can remember out wide because when he gets the ball he's just so quick he run, he's direct he runs at people that, that pace that this team's lacked for so long we're going to get it in abundance with the pair of them so I am I'm optimistic and I'm hoping that um, well, we've got to we've got to hope that they're going to give us the boost we need because we were sort of like we talked about earlier we're in the playoff spots now we're not a million miles off we need an extra 10-15% you know just to improve the all round sort of shape of the team and I'm hoping that's what these these players will bring so uh, yeah anyways let's quickly move on because we've went on for 50 minutes or so now we'll, we'll talk about quickly about the MK <laughs> Dons game um, which if you look on the club website I don't actually think we've had it confirmed yet but we are playing, I think, on Tuesday night against MK yeah. Dons. I mean, do you, do you particularly care about this game? Are we at the stage now with the with the AFL trophy where we can start buying into it or not? Because I've made this joke all season long. Sunderland are going to win at Wembley and there's going to be no fans there to see it. Um, that's just, <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm, that's happening. Um, so I'm pretty confident that we'll win. But um, do you care? Are you going to, are you going to get, get up for this one, Martin? If it's, because uh, it'll be early or we'll I'll, I'll certainly be watching it. Um... I care about this game more from the perspective of it's 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 a free hit for Lee Johnson to sort of try and get the team right to mount a really good promotion push. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep at all if we get knocked out of the game. I'm knocked out of the cup rather. But you know, don't get us wrong. If if we got through and got the semis, I would be very keen for us to get to to Wembley. I flew over for the for the last Wembley trip in the Czech Trade um, Trophy final against Portsmouth, and um, for a nice long weekend in London. So, um, you know, it would be hypocritical of me to say I don't care about the competition because, um, <laughs> yeah, 
it would, it would be it'd be great to, to win it. Like I think as I always have the you know the the outlook if we're in the competition we should be trying our damnness to to win it. But you know from the perspective of Tuesday the appealing thing is to see how Johnson responds to to Saturday's game. Yeah, tweaks the team and you know tries to get that you know front four or five players really really clicking again. Yeah, and you know we might. I'm not sure if Jones can. Jones will probably be able to play in that game, but Vokens might might not be. Um, um, yeah, that's a good point, Jones. isn't it? Is he cup tied? I'm not sure. That'll be interesting to try and again. People can probably tweet us and let us know, but I'm not sure if he's cup tied. Hopefully, he isn't, and he can play. But I'm. I don't know if Southampton even play in this competition. God knows. He's probably if if I mean if Southampton <laughs> have played in the early stages of this competition, he's probably played, hasn't he? Hopefully, he can play. So. Jones is definitely able to play and all that. And then hopefully, Ross Stewart will be in by then, and you can give him a game. Then you've got Gooch, who needs a start. O'Neill. Maybe playing in midfield yeah. would be interesting. Sanderson will probably play, you would imagine, because he didn't play at the weekend. Embleton will play. So at that that's actually quite a pretty you know, exciting team, isn't it? Potentially you're talking about like yes. I, I like I like these games because we see players that would normally not get starts starting. And they they always seem to impress. Like it's it's gonna be nice to watch just sort of a mishmash team of players who are coming back from injury, players who aren't featuring much and the new lads, you know. Um and it, what it will do this is the interesting thing because we've got MK Dons again at the weekend in the league. It'll give Johnson a headache, hopefully, if players start playing well. You know, he's got to look at the weekend and think, well, well, he he tore his arse out for ninety minutes. You know, should I play him at the weekend? Yeah, no. Ho- right. Hopefully, anyways, I'm I'm talking as though we're going to batter them, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a free hit, like you've just said, and I think um, I think that the opportunity for players to impress is there, and if they take it, then um, fantastic. But I I like to say I like these games. I'm not I'm not going to pretend I don't. People a lot of people don't and don't really care. But it's a it's a chance to watch another game of football, and it's good to see the the team. Change changed up prediction then martin what do you think oh it's a complete st- stab in the dark isn't it with, <laughs> yeah with all of it but let's i'll, I'll go for a 2 nil win let's be positive eh? yeah I'll, i'd take that as long as long as like jones because he's not played much at all for rangers this season he needs the minutes so yeah. i would like to try and get at least 70 or 80 minutes out of him and it would be nice maybe just to see uh you know a comfortable victory for once it's away from home, so you know we're going to win. <laughs> if it was at the stadium, it'd be a different ball game, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll I'll go for a two 0 as well. That would be nice. End on a nice optimistic note. We'll we'll say that something they're going to win and probably you know come back after the game and cry our eyes out about how crap we were. But that's just the way things are at the minute. Uh, uh, yeah, cheers, Martin. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be uh, back, like I say, Excuse after me. the MK Dons game. That's if it goes ahead. Like I say, I don't I don't actually think the club have confirmed it's happening, but it's pretty much you know people are expecting the game to go ahead. So there we are. Lee Johnson was yesterday anyway. Was he? So well, there we go. We'll take yeah, his word for yeah. it. I, I, th- I might be wrong, but I think if you go on the club website, it's not even listed in the fixtures, which was a bit weird. But yeah, we will, uh, we'll be back after that game, so be sure to check in with us. And of course, check out rotorreport.com. Um, one thing I did forget to do at the top of the show was say that we're in association with Sullen Community Soup Kitchen, our brilliant sponsors. Their takeaway service is opening this week, which is fantastic. I think there'll be a piece up on the site at the minute. Uh, if you check that out from Paul, just a little update from the soup kitchen to see how things are going there. All the money that people donated at Christmas time is being put to great use. They've just had a nice new floor put in. And um, yeah, that takeaway service on High Street West in Sunderland is open as of this week. So people can go in and, you know, order food like a takeaway, but you just don't pay for it. So that's fantastic, isn't it? And that, what I think about, what's great about it is, say, say I wanted to go down and get something to eat, I could go down, I would be fed, um, and then I could just, you know, 
send a little donation their way for what I've what I've received and um I think that's great. It's just a brilliant idea and you know they're constantly doing new things over at the soup kitchen to amaze me. So hats off to them. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back after the MK Don's gate. So thanks everyone. Cheers, Martin, and uh, we'll catch you all down the road. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.